what he said. Amen. Yeah. Woo. Glory to God. He's amazing, isn't he? You may be seated unless you're part of the youth group and you're going to go back there and meet with Pastor Darren and his lovely wife, Brittany, and head down to your class. Thank you so much for being here today. We're excited about what God's doing, and he is up to some. So we had our, uh, as Eric mentioned, we did the Jericho prayer ride yesterday, and uh, Kim and I were invited to be a part of a group that was uh, to begin to plan that. I want you all to know that the end of the uh, ride in the, in the uh, Fiesta area uh, did not all go accordingly, uh, but it's, you know, like that stuff's going to happen, so I apologize for any of the bumps there, but, you know, God's doing something, and he was up to something, and it was still like an incredible thing that God was doing, and as we rode around the city and praying, the Spirit of God was absolutely on every aspect of what we were doing and why we did it. We are here to take action to our prayer, right? Talked about that last week. It's not like we're just going to stand over here and say, hey, God, change our city. We're saying, God, change our city. Now use us to do it. So we step right into the forefront, and we want to see God move. So God wants to move in us. And so I'm like, hey, God, let's do this. All right? So one of the ways that God wants to prepare us for that, because he is a God of action, and he wants us to be people of action, is he's saying, All right, first off, are you engaging in my word? So we ask accountability questions around here. If this is your first Sunday, we do this every week. Have you spent at least five days last week, five minutes a day in God's word, reading, listening to it? Did you do that? Yeah. All right. Did you spend some time alone with God this week with no agenda? Meaning, are you being quiet and letting God talk? Or are you doing all the talking in your prayer life? Yeah. So have you... So was that a yes, you're doing all the talking? <laughs> all right, all right, so... I'm asking you to just spend some time alone with God with no agenda. In other words, quiet. Good. Do you know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? All of you did that should say yes to that, just so you know. Right? We heard from God's word. We spent time listening. Then you know what the Holy Spirit's saying. Don't be confused about this. It's pretty simple. Are you giving as God has asked you to give in your time, your talents, and your resources? All three of them. Did you share Jesus with someone this week? Oh, he is the hope, isn't he? He's amazing. This whole world's a mess. We have Jesus. We have the solution to their problem. It's Jesus. Let him know about it. Did you invite someone to church with you today? Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for the three of you that did that. The rest of y'all, we got these cards up here that say, come join us. It's an awesome way to talk to people about Jesus, right? You're going to say, hey, uh, what days of the work you week? And they'll be like telling you and like, oh, so you're available Sunday. Here, come join me. Let's go to church together. Why am I inviting you to church? Because God has changed my life, and he wants to change yours. See how easy that was? That simple. Yeah, they can say no or throw it on the ground. So what? Somebody might pick it up that needs to hear it. I was a garbage man for two years of my life. I worked on the back of a truck. It was one of the uh, first labor jobs that I had uh, back in those days. Now that I'm getting older, I can say that. Uh, there was one guy on the back of the truck. They didn't have any of that mechanical junk that just picks it up for you. That was me. I was that guy. And uh, I was alone on the back of the truck picking up everybody's trash. And so I would see Bibles, and I would take them out and give them to people. So you see, like, I was, like, I, I was laughing at how God does stuff. You know, the person that threw that away, and the enemy's like, put that in the garbage, put that in the garbage. Nobody wants that. And I was over there like, oh, that's probably going to go somewhere. It needs to be someplace besides this. And we would do that. God's awesome. People are dumb and throw away a lot of good stuff. I was a garbage man, I know. So, but anyway, we won't go there right now. Let's move along. Uh, yes. I did bring home a, a Christmas gift for my wife one year that was... I did. It was still wrapped. Obviously, the person didn't like that person they got that gift from, and it was wrapped up in its box right out there in the trash. And I was like, well, I like a surprise. Let's see what it is. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was, a, it was a, a cutting board with a little glass dome and everything. Yeah, she still has it, I think. Anyway, I didn't put my name on it, just so you know. I didn't be like, woo, score. I don't have to buy anything. No, it wasn't like that. I just simply gave it to her and said, look, look what I found. It was after Christmas, so I didn't have a chance. Anyway... <laughs> Just kidding. Let's move on. Is she in here? I can't really see you guys with these lights in my eyes. She's in the cafe working, I know, so maybe she's out here. Sorry, honey. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I want to share a statement with you all that I said last week that was part of an action step that I never, ever imagined that I would be speaking to you this week. 
But you know, as God uh, does stuff, I want you all to understand that, you know, I'm not like over here, hey God, what do you want me to tell them? He's like, hey Dave, listen up. And then he tells me, would you share with them what I'm talking to you about? So the message isn't like me giving you God's message, it's God giving me a message for my life, and he says, now share it with them. So I want you to know that, because I don't like just speak stuff to y'all, God's speaking it to me, and that's how it is, his word. And so when I say this to you, I want you to hear it, and let's move forward. So this is the statement that I made last week in the service. Things will get tough. Voices of discouragement and complaining will arise. You must determine if you are a warrior or a whiner. You remember that? Said it last week. If you weren't here, you can watch online and check it out, all right? So we made that, that statement, and in the action steps, which if we're not applying God's word, we're wasting all of our time, because the reason why we do action steps is how are you going to apply what God's saying to you right now in your life when you go home? God's not just to see, he's not like just taking attendance and saying, check, you did your religious thing for the week. He's like, hey, I want to change you and you're going to be on that Christ and you're going to be a witness in the world. So the action steps are so that what we hear from God actually gets applied in our life out there so that we can be the light of the world that he called us to be, right? So let's apply it. So what's going on? I want you to know that every single day this week, I mean it, I had the opportunity to be a whiner or a warrior. <laughs> I can tell you right now that as I started on Monday and I like God, the Holy Spirit's faithful, right? He's like, hey, remember what you said? Because <laughs> then there was this little problem and then there was this problem and then there was this problem and the, the list began to grow. And so as I'm uh, looking at those like things appearing, some had been there, they're being added to. I was watching all that stuff going on, and uh, the Holy Spirit checked me in my heart and saying, what are you going to do now? Are you going to strap on the microphone to be a whiner, or are you going to step on, strap on your sword and be a warrior? And so as I listened to that, I can tell you right now that there was a part of me that wanted to whine. There was. I wanted everybody to know that I have this list of things going on in my life, and I don't like them. And I want them to change. And so I could just like, I'm not doing this, just so you know, because I'm not going to whine in church either. But I'm going to tell you, like, I, I was like tempted, like crazy, to explain to everybody what's going on in my life. The, the things that are there. Nothing between me and my wife is amazing. God's good to my family. I'm talking about other stuff outside of that little circle that's just like going on, right? And so as I was doing that, I was like, you know, I really want to. But God was like, do you want to? Are you going to? What's you're going to make the decision? What are you going to do now? There were other moments in the week that, you know, I can tell you like Monday and Tuesday, I thought it was funny because, I mean, it was funny. You know what I mean? Like when the enemy tries to mess you up and things are coming at you, it's kind of like, I know what's going on. And so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was a smile. Thursday wasn't so funny anymore. Friday, I wasn't laughing. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just going on and things are just going on and you're just kind of like, and so I had to make a decision in this week multiple times that I was just going to strap it on and go forward. Like, there is no way that that stuff is going to be what I'm talking about when God's doing all of this stuff. And if God's doing all this stuff, then he's going to do stuff about this stuff. And so I'm going to just praise him right now in the midst of it. Now, I want you to know, I'm serious when I say this, that it's not like you feel like, woohoo, this is awesome. Yeah, praise God. No, it's like, yeah, God, I trust you. And I'm going to step through this. I am not letting the devil get win the victory here. No way. I'm going to praise you, God, in the midst of it all. We sing songs like that, right? In the midst of the storms and all that. So we should probably apply it. So it was just like, all right, time to push through. Time to buckle up, strap the sword on, be the warrior God's called me to be. Put on my armor and let's do battle. It's time to do it, right? I'm sure all of you had opportunities, didn't you? 
The rest of you that didn't answer, I'm like, that's awesome that you had a week like that. Get ready. <laughs> I, wanna, I want us to hear what God's word says to us about these opportunities. Opportunities to be a warrior or a whiner. They're coming. Right? God's word, James chapter 1. I love James. You know that because it's so easy to understand. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, it doesn't say that the problem or the opportunity is a source of joy. It says when you're facing these things, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So the reason why we're saying that is now let's look what follows this up. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. Yeah, isn't that awesome? So he's, God's words telling us like, so what if you're going to fight some fights? The reason you're fighting that fight is so that you can endure, that your faith is strong, so that you can develop and you can become more Christ-like. You can be the man or woman of God that he's called you to be, and you're a warrior. So it's like that's where your joy comes from. Your joy comes from the fact that my God has allowed this obstacle in my past. The enemy isn't like pulling a fast one on God. God has allowed this because he knows that when my faith perseveres and I endure in this battle that is in front of me, I'm going to be stronger, more Christ-like, and a man of God that he died to make me. There you go. He's like, all right then, so how are we going to face these opportunities? So you had opportunities this week. I'm going to ask that again. Did you have opportunities to be a whiner or a warrior this week? I'm not going to ask you how you did. I'm just going to talk to you for a moment. <laughs> All right. Stay there. Okay, so see what the opportunities that we're talking about are the very things that cause us to grow and develop into Christ-likeness in our walk with God. What happens when things are smooth is we don't need God. We just rely on self. When there's no obstacles and things are smooth, we can tend to like just kind of float there. And, you know, like, life's good. Everything's awesome. Everything's fine. And then we forget about God, right? There's no atheist in a foxhole because, you see, when perils come, we like, whoa, I need God. And so the opportunities that we have are given to us so that we can develop a stronger relationship with God and a greater faith in God no matter what we face. So... It is through these opportunities, challenges, problems, troubles, chaos, that our lack of control in life is revealed to us. When I was speaking with someone earlier in the week, and then my wife and I had the same conversation in the middle of the week there, I was saying, like, you know, with all the stuff going on, well, I already know one of the main lessons God's teaching me again is, Dave, you have no control of anything but you and me. That's it. That's it. I can't control it. I can't control you. I can't change what's happening in your life. I can't change the things that are happening around my life. I have no ability to do anything. But you see, like, so what God's doing is he's like, hey, do you trust me? Will you believe in me? The only thing you have control of, Dave, is my relationship with you and your relationship with me. That's it. So the lesson we're learning, I'm learning over again. I'll be a warrior, Lord. I'm going to stand here and hold my ground. I'm going to be a man of God because you called me to be a man of God because you're enabling me to be a man of God. Therefore, I'm strapping on the sword and I will stand in defiance to the enemy and say, I am here. I am loud and I am proclaiming that I'm a child of the one true king and I will not be defeated. Yeah. See, so the challenges that come our way are opportunities to grow, develop into the warrior God's called us to be, and he's equipping us to be in the process. So why are we whining about it? Like, are we being led by the Spirit of God? Are we following him? Is he our God, and is he in charge of our life? If he is, then we have no business whining about the stuff that's going on, because he led us there for a reason, so that we might endure. 
so that we might grow. Now, some of us are causing the chaos and the stuff ourselves because we're making dumb choices in life. I know that. So don't blame God when you put yourself in a situation. Okay? I'm talking to us that are following the Spirit of God and Him leading our life. When God is leading our life, stop whining, strap on the sword and be a warrior because God is equipping you to be a victorious warrior in that battle that you are facing. Okay, we're going back to Nehemiah. Now I want you to know that I've been praying really hard about this because I don't want to get caught up in me and I don't want to do stuff that I like because I like it. And I love Nehemiah. I could preach through Nehemiah for the next year. I know I could because there's so many amazing lessons. But I do know God wants us to visit this, and so we are visiting again. And last week, we read this verse to you. We're not going to preach the same thing. We're not reading all the same verses. So just, like, don't think you've been here and this is a rerun. It's not. All right? Listen to the verse number 10 in uh, chapter 4. Then the people of Judah began to complain, the workers are getting tired, and there's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Just going to pause there. Touch base. If you were here last week, you remember in the scriptures that in the beginning, it was nothing but a pile of rubble. Nehemiah cast the vision God gave him and says, let's start building it. The rocks are right here. So they start building the wall. At this point right here, where I'm reading right now, half the wall is up. So half of it's up. And now instead of like being encouraged that we've made it this far, they're starting to whine and say, can't do it, man. I'm overburdened. You know what's going on? Listen to what it says. We, can't, we will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. So all of a sudden, they start to self-reflect, not seeing anybody else doing anything. So let me give you a real life scenario. I'm picking up two rocks. Out of the corner of my eye, I see him doing one. I'm doing two. He's doing one. Like, man, I'm doing this myself. I'm going to my uh, supervisor. I can't work with that guy. I'm doing all the work. He's doing nothing. Blisters are on my hand. He's just skating along. I can, you can look right over there. Look, my wall's higher than his. And I'm tired of this. I'm tired of doing it myself. I'm tired of him not pulling his weight. You hear the whiner? The whiner comes out because I'm looking at self. God never told him to do it yourself. The vision was, and Nehemiah shared it with him. If you remember the scriptures, he said, I want to tell you the plan God gave me for us to build the wall together. Now let's just step in a little deeper here. We'll never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. Church, you do know that the enemy wants you dead, right? He hates you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you declare Jesus Christ, if you have God's word in your house, if you're trying to live the Christian life, he hates you and he wants you dead. He's devising plans to try and destroy you. He wants you out of the picture. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy your grandchildren. He wants to destroy your church. He wants to destroy your city. He wants brokenness to reign. He wants more homelessness. He wants more drug addiction. He wants more oppression. That's his goal. He hates you and me. And if you listen to what God's word says, it's like, look, the enemy was like, ha, they're in the right place now. They're whining. They're complaining, they're tired, they're all about themselves. Let's get them. Let's keep reading. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. Now, this is a God message, but do you see how easy it would be for us to take that God message negatively and feel like it's all over? But it wasn't. See, God had placed those people right next to the enemy. They were like, oh, they're going to attack on, you know, they're going to come down park, and they're going to be at Broadway, and they're going to make the, okay. And they go over to, hey, Nehemiah, they're coming down to park in Broadway, and that's where they're going to attack. And so what does he do? Here it is. 
So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. Man, I love this. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Church, don't be afraid of the enemy. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Way too many Christians are scared of the devil. Why? He is a defeated foe and he knows it. We are children of the living God. He's afraid of us. The devil is afraid of you. Do you understand that? We are victorious. Do not be afraid of the enemy. He has been trying to intimidate the church, and the church has just kind of been slinking back, letting the enemy have his way. It's time the church rises up as the warriors of God and stop cowering to the enemy. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Church, do you get that? Do you hear what was going on? Do you remember the whining? We can't do it ourselves. Nehemiah says, look, this isn't about you. It's about the people around you. It's your children, your grandchildren, your families, your community, your city. He's like, look around you. This is who you're fighting for. God's calling us to do this. He is great and glorious. Now let's do battle. Understanding it's not me. It's all of us. And we're going to do this for the glory of God. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. Isn't that awesome? Oh my goodness. God, you're so awesome. God always will frustrate the plans of the enemy if God's people listen. So as we face the opportunities and challenges that life presents us, I want everyone to hear me. The devil will never pull a fast one on God. <laughs> right? I mean, he's not like, gotcha. No. God knows everything. Just like we're reading right here in Nehemiah. It's like God knows every single plan the enemy tries to make against me and you. He knows it. And the Word of God says that he will thwart that plan by giving us victory. But we have to fight. We're going to face it. But we're made aware, right? We're made aware of what God's doing. So if the devil's not going to pull a fast one on God, he's not going to pull a fast one on us. Right? Because we're following God. So you're not being like, all of a sudden, there it is. God was already aware it was there in the first place. And God's the one that's leading your life, right? So if God's leading your life, he already knew that was there as well. And he's already equipped you to face that challenge that is in front of you. Because he said he'd be faithful and he would do it. So God's very aware of all the work of the enemy and knows exactly what he's trying to do, where he's going to try and do it. And I want you to know that the devil's not going to have a sneak attack on you this week. Right now. Hear me, church, right now. God is preparing you for what this week holds because he knows. Does that scare you? It shouldn't. Make you aware? It should. Do you think you're not going to have some challenges this week? If you don't think you're going to have challenges this week, you're delusional. <laughs> you're going to have challenges. You're going to have trials and problems. They're going to come at you. You're going to be a warrior or a whiner. That's going to happen this week. God's word tells us this. Therefore, it is critical. Church, I mean, like, please hear me. Critical that we are listening to the Holy Spirit in our lives. That we are obeying the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because that's the only way we're going to be prepared for what we're going to face. Because, see, if you choose to do your thing and you face that obstacle, you're done. You lose. It's over. You're right, because we can't do it in our flesh. So when we're following the Holy Spirit and we face that obstacle, we are guaranteed victory by God. Amen. I mean, it's like it's a no-brainer. Let's do it God's way. Yeah, you think? I want to be a warrior. 
Nehemiah 4, we're going to keep reading, verse 16. But from then on, only half my men worked, while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. So here's what's cool about that, if you think about it. So Nehemiah is like, yep, we are aware that the enemy's making plans. We're also aware that it's real. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have some guards that will stand, and they're going to watch over you. So you, when he says behind you, like they're building the wall, so the guards are back here watching so that everybody that's working feels safe. It's okay, you're safe. Just, just continue to work. He's like, so I got guards watching so that if something's going down, you're going to know. So don't think you're going to have a surprise attack. The enemy's not sneaking up behind you. We're watching. And then it's, I love this. That's why I love Nehemiah. He's such a cool guy. So he says, they were watching over those who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting their load and one, whole, one hand holding a weapon. Yeah. So you hear me as we work? We're always prepared for battle. He's like, you strap that sword on and be ready. You keep working. But in a moment's time, when the battle comes, you pull the sword, drop the bricks. <laughs> be ready, man. It's coming. Listen to what it says. And all the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. So as we look at this, notice that the workers did work, but they did have their weapon. They were ready to fight. They were prepared for battle. This is what we're talking about, church. We all have to have jobs. We got to have, I mean, we have to like learn how to navigate through living and working with our family, all that stuff. And we need to be ready in a moment's notice for the battles that are coming our way. Be prepared. Be ready. It's coming. So we have to be on our guard at every point at work, at home, at school, in the stores in traffic, in your car, on your motors, I don't care where you are. You need to be ready at a moment's notice that the enemy is going to come after you, but God has made you aware. So we're prepared for that very moment. So as we read through that scripture, you'll notice that when we read the verses that Nehemiah said, I stationed guards at the low points in the wall. So it's halfway up, but it's not even all the way across. Remember, this guy was doing two to every one here. So there's some low spots in the wall. And so what did Nehemiah do? He's like, well, when the enemy looks, he's going to see the low spot. But when he looks past the low spot, what he's going to see is warriors standing there. He said, I stationed guards with spears, swords, bows, and mail armor in those low spots. So when the enemy viewed it, he saw vulnerability, but behind it he saw a warrior. Man, is that beautiful or what? I love it, man. I'm like, God, you are so cool. I look at this stuff and I'm like, man, God, I'm so excited when I hear about that and I see that because, see, church, listen, I want to ask you, where are you the most vulnerable? Where, where are you exposed to the enemy? This very day, God is stationing himself in that spot in your life. And he is standing there to protect you. While you build that wall. You hear me? He's not wanting us to just keep the low spots. He's expecting rocks to go in there. But while it's there, he's not letting you be exposed to the enemy. He is giving you opportunities to develop that wall. Right? That's the word of God. I'm not, I'm not mixing words here. We just read it in James. He's giving us these opportunities so that we can endure. So he's like, hey, I understand you got that low spot in your wall. I'm there. I'm there for a reason, to help you be safe while it gets built up so that you can endure, so that you can be the man or woman of God that he's called us to. <laughs> man, is God awesome. Remember these words? I'm going to read them to you again. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Beautiful things God says to us in his word if we own it. 
So God's allowing these opportunities for us to be strengthened and built up in those areas so that we're not vulnerable, exposed to the enemy's work any longer. Continuing to read in Nehemiah, it says this, Then I explained to the nobles and the officials and all the people, The work is very spread out. We're widely separated from each other along the wall. So, thinking about this in our context of where we are as a church, when we come to church, we're all together, right? So Nehemiah is calling everybody together. So when there's when strength in numbers, you know that statement, right? So when we come to church, we feel different than we do when we're out there in the world. We're in a different environment. We're with different people. We're like-minded people. We're here because we know we need God in our life. We're here because we need Jesus. So we're all together. So the, this environment is different. We feel strong. We feel victorious. We are. But this is what he says to him, you know, like, but at the end of the meeting, we're going to disperse you. You're going to walk out that door. You're going to get in vehicles or you're going to ride your bikes or wherever you're going. And you're going to disperse across the city. And we're going to be far apart. And things feel different when you're like that. Things feel different when I'm building the wall and there's only three of us. And I have to look a ways down before I can even see the next person walk, working on the wall. So Nehemiah's like, hey, uh, here's what we're going to do about that. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding. Then our God will fight for us. He's like, look, guys, you're not alone. You know you're not alone. But when you're out there, you might feel alone. You feel like you're, you're vulnerable, you're not safe. But he's like, I want you to know we're going to sound an alarm and everybody's going to run to support you. We're going to come to your defense. We're going to fight for your family. We're going to be there for you. You're not alone. So don't believe that lie that you think, I'm all alone in this thing. You're not alone. We're not alone. Church, we did the Jericho ride yesterday, so we as a church understand we're not the only ones that are asking God for a move of God in this city. There are churches and communities and groups of people that are praying for a move of God in this city. We're not alone. All right, so he's like, don't get discouraged when you're out there. God's going to fight for us. You got to show up, but God's going to do the fighting. Oh, man, oh, man, it's so good. I don't mean my preacher, I'm saying what God does. So I hope you hear me right. That wasn't anything like that. God is just amazing. And so I see this as such a cool thing. See, God knows we can't do it alone. Therefore, he has given us the Holy Spirit and the family of God. We need each other. Church is not just something that we do. It's not, it's not an option. God's word clearly tells us we need to gather as the assembly of the body of Christ. Now, that's not to try and, like, build up uh, how many people are here. I'm telling you that is biblical because the Word of God tells us we're part of the body of Christ, right? And so he says, if there's just an ear out there, it's not going to do no good. People a lot of times tell me, oh, I believe in God, but I don't go to church. They're like, well, then you don't really believe in what God says because God says you go to church. Well, I don't know if I like that church. So what? Go where they're teaching the Word of God and go and be a part of what God's up to, and let's see what God does. Because the church is probably not the problem, it's probably you. But they need you. <laughs> it's true. Church, man, we got to own this, right? So God's given us the family of God to support us. So the Holy Spirit convicts, the Holy Spirit makes us aware and we call out to our brothers and sisters to action so that they will fight alongside of us. That's why we have that little WhatsApp group for prayer in our church. I'm saying if you're not a part of that, you can be. You can ask for prayer. You can pray for others. Whatever you want to do, it's on there. I'm not proponent of WhatsApp. I'm not getting paid. I'm not endorsing them. We're just trying to communicate with people. So all I'm telling you is, see, like, here's the thing. Like, that group is there, and it exists so that whatever you're going on, you can sound the trumpet. I don't want to hear you whining. But sound the trumpet if you actually need prayer and support from God's people, right? You, you did follow that, right? Okay, so here's the deal then. Um, see, our lives are at stake. 
Our families' lives are at stake. Our souls are in the balance. There's a war raging. Man, we should be people of action and prayer and coming alongside of everyone and being the family and the body that Christ called us to be. So in our Zoom Bible studies that we do, I always encourage people to get an accountability partner in the group. I'm like, you need an accountability partner. I'm not talking about someone that's a life accountability partner. You're, if you're married, your spouse should already be that. Um, but you should have an accountability where that person texts you, checks up on you. Are you reading God's word? Are you listening to what God said? Are you doing what he's telling you? Are you sharing Jesus with someone? Are you doing what you say you're doing? Are you applying God's word in your life? That kind of accountability, right? So the reason we do that And we have that in those groups. And the reason why we have small groups is so that when we're going through the fights, we have a group of of people that are close to us that will come alongside of us and fight with us so we're not doing it alone. That's God's word. So we also see this again, what we read to you from that scriptures, that God will fight for us. Isn't that awesome? we got to show up. You know, when the trumpet sounds, we run there. But we're not going there on our own or our own strength. We're going there, and God's going to fight for us. That means we're going to have victory. Because God is a victorious God. He does not lose. Therefore, we run with him, and we win. All right. Remember what Jesus told us about living in this world? Here's some good news for you. I have told you all this that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I've overcome the world. Yeah. Like, all right, so here's the, if you want to be the the gloom and doom person, man, this is hard. This is rough. Jesus said there's going to be many trials and sorrows, and dude, I am having it. Right? But if you read the rest of it, but take heart. Lift up. Because Jesus has overcome the world. So he's like, yeah, you're going to face a bunch of junk. And it's going to be tough sometimes. But man, be of good cheer. Because I'm giving you victory. So it's like, I am not going to let the trials and the sorrows defeat me. I'm going to step into the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to own the victory that Jesus has promised me. That what did he say at the very beginning? Oh, I give you peace. Oh, So the sorrows and the trials don't like disrupt my entire soul. There's peace in the midst of the storm. Because I stand in the truth of Jesus Christ and who he is. And I own the victory that he has promised me. (laughs) Man, is he awesome. So you're going to face it. You ready? I want everybody that hears me to know this week you're going to have a rough go. We can just be ignorant of it and just blindly walk into the wall, or we can be ready. We can strap on our swords and get ready for the fight because the fight's coming. I want you to know, when you step out the doors of this church, it's starting. When we're at the end of this service and we're doing an altar call, it's happening. Right now, there's people in this room being distracted by God knows what. And God's like, hey! Hey, a bottle's coming. Get ready. Like, man, I hope uh, Arizona wins the World Series, man. I don't even know they were in it until yesterday. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm just saying, like, you know, we can be so easily off focus. And God's like, there's a war raging. You know, there's a real war happening in Ukraine and Russia too, right? You know what I mean? Like, we're so easily distracted. And somewhere else. And now something else, God's like, hey, come on. Hey. (laughs) You know, church, when we're going out this week, I I know this, and I'm telling you, I confess to you the challenges I had this week, they're not like gone, I mean, we didn't come in here to Sunday and God's like, whoop, wipe that clean. You're good to go now. Let's start a new week. Nope, they're all there. I have an opportunity to have more added to the list. (laughs) I do. You do, right? Some of them will hopefully be erased. I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm believing they're going to be erased. But the fact of the matter is they're there. 
And so a lot of times when we come to church, we're like, woo. And on Monday, we're like, woo. <laughs> and Tuesday, we're like, uh-huh. <laughs> and you know what happens the rest of the week, right? But God's the same God in this room as he will be this Thursday. What God's saying to us right now is Thursday's coming. I'm getting you ready. Strap on your sword because I'm aware. God's saying, I'm aware. The enemy's been over here drawing up his little plan thinking like, ha, I'm going to get him. And God's like, mm, okay, hey, wake up. Come on, let's walk this way. He's right there. You understand, church? We're listening, Lord. Speak, God. <laughs> I want victory. <laughs> One final word. This is Ephesians 6, 10. That's the, the verse I just read. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Yeah, you're not going to win on your own, man. You will be defeated every time you try and fight the fight in your flesh. You can't do it. But in the power of our God, when we stand, we are given victory. Let's listen to what God's word says to us right here. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Right? You hear me? He's strategizing to defeat you. Way too many Christians give him glory for the battle you're in. Did you hear me? Way too many Christians give the devil way too much credit. Our victory is in Christ. And it's like, yep, I'm aware that he's out there. I'm aware that he's making strategies. I'm aware he's trying to defeat me. Okay, God, let's do this. Let's go whack him. I want to see him turn and tail and run, God, because you are bigger than him. Therefore, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Did you hear that? I've got to draw near to God and resist the devil at the same time. And then he runs. Let's keep reading. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be, still be standing firm. Amen. Amen. Church, we will be victorious. We have no excuse for losing. We've got to do our part. God's already provided. Look, God has laid out your armor for you, but he didn't put it on you. The verse said, put on the full armor of God. So God has provided it. It's available. He will protect every part of your being if you put it on. Okay, Lord, but I'm tired. It's been a hard week. You understand all that, so I really can't read my Bible. I can't even keep my eyes open. You understand all these things. Good night. Lord, I would serve you in that capacity, but man, I just don't have time for myself anymore. Lord, I'm... Uh, I'm willing, but I really don't have the time if you could just try to change some things in my life. How about if you lose your job? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> See, like church, here's what I'm saying. Like, we have to put on the armor of God. We'd rather hit the snooze button. And I don't mean just in the morning. I'm saying we'd rather hit the snooze button and say, yep, I'm going to get to that. You know the temptation of the enemy is you have every intention of doing it, but you don't get around to it. And so when you walk out the door and you get hit with a rock in your head and you're like, oh man, what in the world? And God's like, uh, where's your helmet? Uh, I can't find it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's in my closet. Why aren't you wearing it? And take time to put it on, man. 
Put on the full armor of God. Church, see, it's like we can't walk out in the battle unprepared. If we're vulnerable, we're going to get beaten. We've got to put on that armor that God has provided for us. Do you know how you put on your armor? You pray. You read your Bible. You spend time alone with God listening and allowing him to say something to you. You worship God. You serve God and others. Yeah. You know what? You're good stewards of your time, your talents, and your resources. You're, you're a person of gratitude. You're thankful for all that God has done in your life. So those are the disciplines as we practice those, as we engage those in our daily lives. The armor becomes natural for us. We naturally put it on daily. How? Because we're engaging God and he's provided it. And it's through these disciplines of self. I'm putting those things on. I'm like, yes, Lord, I'm ready. I want to be your warrior. I want to stand for you, God. I want to be ready for the battle that's coming my way. I'm strapping on my sword. I realize there's a war that's fighting. And it's way beyond flesh and blood. Your word tells us that there are principalities of darkness that are raging against us. What of it, church? Some of us are just blindly walking out there in the walls. It's like God's already told us that this is a real battle. Have you repented, accepted Jesus as your Savior? Have you done that? Warrior or whiner? You have a choice to make. You will either put on the armor and stand firm in the Lord's strength and experience God's victory, or... You will cower and whine about the opportunities and challenges you're facing and giving glory to the enemy and living defeated. Which one are you going to choose, church? Yeah, man. I mean, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Like, yeah, man, I'm a warrior. You are a warrior. I don't care what you may look like to other people around you. See, your God is with you. The creator of the universe is with you. There is no way the enemy can defeat you. You know the word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians 1, it says, with every temptation, God makes a way of escape. Yeah. yeah, that means he's saying, I have a way for you to win the battle. And it's by following my lead. That's what he's telling us. So when the enemy comes up in that temptation, he's trying to defeat you. God's like, look, there's an exit sign. Why don't you just take a right turn right now? And why don't you go out that door? Because when you go out that door, that door equals victory. If you want to go ahead and face that temptation and you want to walk into that in your flesh, you're going to be defeated. It's that easy. Warrior, defeated whiner. I choose warrior. Let's do it, man. Let's be the warriors that Jesus died to make us. Would we, church? Would you stand with me? <laughs> Father God, as we come to you right now, and this is the moment of truth where you, Holy Spirit, have been speaking to us, we have joined forces with your people throughout this city. Lord, we've prayed against the oppression of the poor, <laughs> the brokenness of family, the brokenness of marriages, the brokenness of our school system, the judicial system, the government. God, there's so much brokenness around us. And you have called us to be warriors of the kingdom and to step in. And so, Lord, we're not just saying, here's the problems. We're saying, God, here's the problems. What do you want from us? How can we fix it? What part do you want us to address? Where do you want me to be? Where should I start picking up rocks? Where should I have my sword ready? God, we don't want to just be people of prayer. We want to be people of prayer and action. We want to step into the truth of where you are and what you want from us, God. We want to be a part of the move of God that's coming. We believe, God, that you, Holy Spirit, are speaking to your people and calling us to action because, God, you want to move for you are a God of action. And so, Lord, we pray for the wealthy people of the foothills down to the homeless people living down in the washes and tents. Lord, we speak against the oppression of the enemy in both of those situations and everything in between. 
Lord, we speak against the abortion that's happening. We speak against the drug addictions that's going on, the trafficking of people and drugs within our country and nation where people are putting, being put into slavery and bondage, God. We speak against that in Jesus' name, and God, we pray that you would open up our eyes, that we might stand up for the fight and be the people of God you've called us to be. God, I pray, Jesus, for our government, the coming elections, that we would listen to you that we would be people of integrity and biblical authority and that, God, we would listen so that we would know the actions that you desire for us to take, that we might be an active part of the warrior army of God. Lord, we ask this in the name of our victorious Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Church, before we get out of here, we sang that song, Rattle, which is one of my favorites and I believe one of our church's favorite songs, right? And we know that story comes from the, the prophet Ezekiel. And God took him out and showed him a bunch of dry bones. And he said, speak a prophetic word. Can these live? And he's like, only you know, God. He's like, speak a word over them. And when he spoke the word that God told him, he heard the sound of ru rustling in the bones. And all of a sudden, the whole group of bones assembled like as a skeleton army before him. There it was. And the word of God says there was no life in them. And then he said to Ezekiel, now I want you to speak, Ezekiel. And when he spoke, flesh, muscle, and all the other stuff was attached to that body. And now they look like a bunch of human beings standing before him, but there was no life in them. And then God said, Ezekiel, call for the four winds to blow through that valley. And God said, I will breathe life into them. And so right now, I believe that the valley is stirring. This valley of Tucson is stirring. There's a sound of the rustling of God. And right now, I want to declare along with the word of God what Ezekiel spoke. And I'm saying, dear God in heaven, as we rode our motorcycles around the city from the north and the south and the east and the west, that, Lord, we were moving in your authority and your spirit and your power. And, God, we are asking for your breath to breathe across this valley, across this congregation of people, everybody that hears me online. God, we pray that the four winds would come and that the Holy Spirit of God would breathe fresh life into your church, God, that we would be stirred and awakened and become a mighty army of God that would rise up and stand in defiance to the things the enemy is trying to do in this city and in this state and in this nation and in this world, God. Lord, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our Savior, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Glory to God. Yes, Lord. Do it, God. Amen. God bless you today. I love y'all. Thank you.